We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So before we start today's show, I just want to let you know about our friends over at my bookie. Are you the type of football fan that knows the game so well? You could pretty much name any game, name the winner and choose it. Just call it before it's all ready to go. If you are that kind of guy, my bookie is the place for you to turn that sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA and the start of the college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and into the action with my bookie. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. It is mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win if you join right now my bookie will match your first deposit halfway all the way up to one thousand dollars that means if you deposit two thousand dollars you'll get an extra one thousand dollars money to play with so a 50 percent sign up bonus just use the promo code rotoviz to activate the offer once again that code is rotoviz to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign up offer visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get paid Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you today by Untucket, MyBookie and Manscaped. We'll be talking more about those as the show progresses here. We are ready to talk about the last week of NFL action. We look ahead to the rest of the season and much, much more. And as, as always, my name is Colin Kelly. It's my pleasure to bring you the show each week along with my co-host here, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, it was a fun weekend. It was an unusual weekend of uh, NFL action in terms of some early injuries, some low scoring fantasy players that we might have expected to do quite well and then some guys really just lighten things up but a a fun week uh, I guess all round a bad week for those Green Bay Packers of mine but overall uh, how did you find this past week of NFL action it was a strange week in that we got a lot of reality scores I think that we weren't necessarily looking for Uh, for example the Kansas City Chiefs in 
what you might not have expected to be an upset at this point in the season, but uh, taking on a hot Minnesota Vikings team and escaping with the victory there. We'll talk a little bit more about their very odd defense and the way that that game uh, (laughs) unraveled. Also, even though the reality scores, I think, across the board were surprising this weekend we are really starting to see some teams uh differentiate themselves and 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 really stretch out that margin from the pack and we're seeing some specific guys who are really starting to look like this year's league winners obviously christian mccaffrey has been out of this world but another big game from both mike evans and tyler lockett so you stack some of those players together and you are starting to pull away from your competitors in week nine yeah, no doubt we'll be talking about some of those guys as we roll through uh, the rest of the show. Lots of fun stuff to talk about, as I mentioned already, th- this past week, this coming weekend, of course, we're starting to lock rest of season in that playoff push. So as we get ready for that playoff push, make sure you are part of our team over at Rotoviz Patreon. We're getting our Patreons ready for the playoffs, get them ready for that action. A lot of the team having a lot of success over there. You can gain access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack, where you'll be able to ask questions, gain league winning advice from many of our podcasts and writing team get ready for the playoffs all you have to do is become a rotoviz patreon to join that community and of course that can be done at patreon.com forward slash rotoviz radio and as always speaking of exclusives we do have that loyal podcast discount and you can get that uh, 10% off rotoviz nfl pass right now it's available through the nfl podcast homepage which is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast get ready for that playoff push and even after this season maybe your teams aren't making the playoff push get ready in dynasty get ready for this offseason moves and get yourself set up for success next season we always have to think ahead to get those teams ready so gain unlimited access to all of our nfl content and tools and get amazing value for money and support the podcast network once again that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast so sean you mentioned that game obviously with the uh, chiefs and the vikings monty fan has up his observations from week nine for uh, the high stakes leagues and one of the, the best high stakes players in the world is monty fan he talked about the disappointment this week in terms of adam thielen and stefan diggs and we know diggs had been tearing things up for the last kind of three or four weeks uh you know he hadn't really had anything before that but was having monster performances in that time and adam thielen who had the injury was coming back in we thought obviously healthy would get him going again get him in your lineup side quite a few lineups this week with Adam Thielen sitting in them but unfortunately that ended up with zero points beside his name as he re-injured that hamstring quite early Stefan Diggs uh, finishing with just four uh, receiving yards on that one reception and 12 rushing yards so disappointing very much so from both of those guys and I know a lot of people making playoff pushes would have had those guys in their lineups Sean like myself lots of Stefan Diggs um, and lots of Adam Thielen um, and both of those guys obviously didn't didn't help us get over the line this week but I'm I'm quite sure that the answer to this is yes but had you quite a quite a large percentage of those in your lineups this week well Diggs is a is a must play if you have him on your roster certainly uh, on a weekend where a number of the other key guys were on the bye however we've talked for several weeks and, and written on the site about this stretch that Diggs was about to enter and basically implored you to sell him in all formats over the last couple of weeks use that Washington matchup um a week ago to to get that trade done and then use his results from it to get that trade done uh, we've talked a lot on the show about the strength of schedule streaming 
app that Dave Cabin has developed with some advanced strength of schedule metrics that really let us move in and out of players based on the soft spots in their schedules and then try to avoid them during those really difficult stretches. And Diggs and certainly Kirk Cousins had definitely benefited from how soft the schedule had been. And then it's somewhat bizarre because the Chiefs have this reputation as the shootout team. Certainly, they still have a a lot of defensive weaknesses, but their weaknesses are almost exclusively in the rush defense. They've actually had a surprisingly strong pass defense that has held some of these other top players down. So I don't think it was a surprise to see Diggs held down. Certainly, the 2.6 is very disappointing. Uh, but for the Chiefs to slow the, him down, especially with Thielen not in there to draw coverage and have those passes forced to the peripheral players, I think you have to give the Chiefs defense a decent amount of credit on this one and also then the the streaming app in, in terms of how it can help you there. You know, I, I've got a lot of leagues where simply can't sell digs. Still wouldn't necessarily want to if you're going to start three receivers plus a receiver in the flex the 2.6 is is a very difficult score to swallow but certainly something we talked about as as a possibility for this week yeah and uh, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago about david johnson you know when the performance rate the two plays and was done and that was another one of monty's articles and he was talking about that and this here being reminiscent of, almost with uh, adam thielen getting injured so early in the game another another week that has uh, you know been unfortunate for uh, fantasy players he has a couple of other things that he mentions in the article one of those is about jets tight end chris hendron uh, who i was quite uh, positive on moving into this past off season uh, after his rookie year but he obviously had a, a four-game suspension to start the year uh, the note is that he was drafted in every ffpc main event league and he's only been dropped in uh, five of those who so still remain on a lot of rosters the jets with eight games played and pretty much no action at all for hendron between the suspension and the injury um but obviously he, he's making the point that he shouldn't really be on those lineups um i think there's still positive options there for hendron but i talked about it with you sean a couple of weeks so we thought the jet schedule was getting softer and that this team could improve i think at the moment all bets are off on that i think uh you know i'm off the the jets trend for the foreseeable future based on how things have gone over the last couple of weeks and you know how the coaching staff is handling the situation they're a real mess so he's talking about that the other thing he mentions is the tight end who is currently there is ryan griffin and he had two touchdowns two weeks ago uh, like two games ago rather but he had six catches this week and had a, a score that was overturned in review so playing time there for Hendren. so he's somebody who is on the back end of some of my rosters but uh, thankfully there's tight ends ahead of him but really can't play him and it's, it's surprising to see that he's only been dropped in those couple of leagues i guess when we're talking about tight ends it's a good time to, to head on a couple of other guys who had good weeks this week no fanta to a good performance against the Browns. Uh, one of those obviously was by a monster catch, which led to uh, a long touchdown with a number of broken tackles by that Browns defense. So, but a very positive uh, outing for him. Um, and the other, the other ones, I guess we'll talk about is Jacob Hollister. I'll get your thoughts if there's any, you know, positive move forward for him in the future. Two touchdowns this week. One of those in overtime for the Seahawks. Um, you know, obviously they've lost uh, Desley for the season. Um, then Mike Gasecki, who had a career high ninety-five yards and six catches. Um, so out of those guys, and I guess 
big shout out to my man Zach Ertz who, who finally showed up this week but um, across the tight ends uh, there was a couple of movers this week obviously we think Zach Ertz is a, a top talent and hopefully this is more of what can happen moving forward here in the future but uh, the other guys who I mentioned there are guys like Fant, Gusecki um, I also mentioned obviously Ryan Griffin and, and you know Hollister do you think those guys can have uh, value moving forward here for the rest of the season is there any of them that you'd be you'd be interested in acquiring? Well, I know Devin McIntyre has been uh, just absolutely exhorting people to buy Hollister and to and at least stash him there and and have that opportunity if he should blow up. Certainly, Russell Wilson, what we're seeing him do with this team this year uh, has been absolutely phenomenal. He sits atop the passing fantasy points over expectation leaderboard and he does that pretty consistently but i think this year has been even more impressive in a lot of ways so anyone catching passes from russell wilson and uh, you know who starts to get that target volume you can expect them to to put up some points and be extremely efficient all of the receivers in his offense will do that certainly fan is someone i liked a lot and have owned a lot Um, ben and i have gone back and forth on owning him in our league one of the things that i think you know monty has highlighted here is just how difficult it can be to play those tight ends we're actually seeing a decent amount of tight end scoring but it's tight end scoring that is so unpredictable that most of it comes on your bench or even still on the waiver wire you know i talked to monty a little bit about this herndon situation before the season started and and he was very strongly opposed to drafting him because you get in this situation where then you know you have to hold him and you get down to only having 19 roster spots and so the impact really has to be outsized to hold some of these guys. He mentions that Kareem Hunt uh, drafted everywhere, also not dropped in that many leagues. And now, you know, you fast forward to where we are now. Again, if you've played with Kareem Hunt on your roster, then, you know, you've only had 19 spots. And, you know, if you play in a 16 roster spot league, maybe that seems like not a big deal. But the difference in terms of, of what you have options on on the waiver wire you know is significant there so you know you have the browns chubb has looked very good the browns have looked terrible so then the question is you know how much value can that second running back really have and you know i got myself into a little bit of a an issue with this as well where the the best team that i have this year is one where i selected aj green because he dropped so late and we had gotten to the point where there was a a very large tear break at wide receiver and you know if he has this relatively minor injury he's going to miss a couple weeks and then come back and be aj green then you're thinking well you know even though i am gonna have to sit on this guy then you know there's still possibly some value there you know you get the discount he helps you in later on well what we've seen with green is similar to what we've seen from some of these other guys is you can have some of these things linger beyond that window now i mean you can certainly have that same exact thing with players who are healthy in week one we've seen a lot of injuries over the last month and it's really changed fantasy leagues but i do think that you want to have that flexibility and certainly when you're stashing players who have a lot of question marks about them it just makes roster construction very difficult 
So before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at Untucket. The holidays are almost here. You know what that means. It is gifts. We're just past Halloween. We're already looking ahead to the holiday season. And what better gift than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untucket shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Uh, that is one of my favorite things about it is I, I like that casual look most of the time. We, you know, if I'm getting dressed up, maybe we'll tuck it in, but I, I usually wear the shirts untucked. Untucket shirts always fall at just the right length, no matter what your size, so it looks casual and sharp. No matter what your shape or size, untucked shirts will always fall to the perfect untucked length. And what's even better, you can find your favorite untucked style online or check out one of their itty brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. And their website is so easy to use, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just looking to look smart and relaxed in your own style on it is the way to go visit on today and use the code blue for 20 percent off at checkout that's u-n-t-u-c-k-i-t.com and use the code blue for 20 percent off once again that is on Support for today's show also comes from Manscaped, who is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer, their Lawnmower 2.0. It has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are a thing of the past. Thank <laughs> That's thankful news, I guess, for all of us men out there. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Be sure to always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping once again at manscaped.com. Use the code BLUEWIRE. So Sean, as we move on, we're going to look at some of the week nine expected points. Who has over-delivered, who has under-delivered, and much, much more. And, uh, you know, I guess I'm just going to give a shout out here, first of all, to uh, Christian McCaffrey, who wasn't at the top of this board this week, but he was very high up, obviously, in it. But we talked a few weeks ago and we kind of hinted at, was he the best running back of all time? Since that, Sean, he's done nothing but really uh, emphasize his case that come the end of this season, we could well be talking about it as the greatest running back season uh, in fantasy football history and he's kind of trending on that direction now in terms of where his stats are so far but just wanted to mention him at the start of this just it's uh we've hit him a lot and i i don't think we should dive into him too much but man the the guy has been just uh going so so good this season but when we look then at some of the observations tyler lockett with a monster week he's really had a i, I know tyler lockett over the last couple of years has kind of been breaking out over time and maybe three or four years ago we had real hype for him to have a monster season it didn't really happen when Doug Baldwin had his big year but this season in particular the connection with him uh, and uh, Russell Wilson is exceptional um, and he continues to have uh, big performances a really big week for him here uh, Tyler Lockett Sean is he is he somebody like I, I have a lot of Tyler Lockett on rosters a bit like Stefan Diggs and he kind of balanced out those Stefan Diggs rosters this week but is Lockett somebody who who you have on on many rosters or is he somebody who you were watching have that success from the the sideline yeah no it's not helped me a ton uh despite the fact that we had some excellent articles on the site, including one from Stefan talking about how regardless of how high you were on Tyler Lockett, you were not high enough. And that certainly was the case for me. I've always been high on Lockett going back to his time at Kansas state, you know, just down the road there from KC. So, you know, have that sentimental attachment, 
But one of the concerns, and Blair touches on it in his article, is that a lot of people felt like it wouldn't be possible for Lockett to be as efficient as he was last year, where he was number one at the wide receiver position in fantasy points over expectation per game. And Blair, in the way only he can do, points out that, yeah, I mean, he hasn't been as efficient. He's only number six in that category this year. And that actually, as a matter of fact, last year he had uh, three different games uh, with double-digit fantasy points over expectation, and he has not done that yet in 2019, including this past week where he scored over 40 points. Now, saying that, he's been very consistent, obviously, with uh, numbers in the positive in that range between 7 and 8. And, you know, when you have a 40-point game, you tend to, to pop out on a number of different articles and I, I talked about him as well in my article looking at the the fantasy points over expectation leaderboard because you know he, he just had another one of these games that he seems to be having every week at this point and the way that it's happened is interesting because he's just now dominating in all facets right there are only eight wide receivers with a higher target share than his 26 percent and you know we talked about his efficiency last year but the volume wasn't there because the seahawks ranked 32nd just dead last in terms of expected points to the wide receiver position as a whole just down there at 24 that's not enough expected points for your entire wide receiver core if you want them to come up near the top of those fantasy rankings but with the emergence of Lockett and with the arrival of DK Metcalf, who we can talk about in a moment and has really come on strong in the last three weeks, they've transformed this Seattle team back into the passing juggernaut that they really were in 2017, right? The, they had been moving in that direction, and then 2018 was uh, this really frustrating and really pretty gross digression back to this run-heavy offense. But no, now in 2019, they ranked 12th. They're up to 34 expected points a game. So that's 10 extra points a game that they're dealing with. And so then that lays the groundwork for what Lockett has done, where he's now up to wide receiver three on the season. Again, dominating in all of those categories that you want to see with the high target share, the high number of expected points, and then that fantasy points over expectation that Russell Wilson just seems to create for all of his guys you know we obviously used to see it with Doug Baldwin being up near the top of the league in that category every year you mentioned the breakout tight end you know we have Metcalf and so Russell Wilson has really just transformed this entire team into league winners at the receiving positions which is not necessarily what we expected after what they did in the second half of last season and I agree that they have over the last couple of weeks been that passing attack, but I'm wondering if that's what they want to be or if that's because they've got into games where that's what they have had to be. They had a little bit of a shootout, obviously, this past week with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we're going to look at Mike Evans in a moment as well. But, you know, I think it's a situation where they've had a couple of games this year where the opponent has been high scoring, and I think they could be this team all the time if they wanted. I just wonder sometimes if this is what Peter Carroll wants to really see from his team on a weekly basis. So we'll see how it goes over the long term. But when you let Russell Wilson and this offense play the way they are, and obviously adding Josh Gordon into the mix now, um, having DK Metcalf there as well, uh, this offense like ha- has such a high upside. And I just wish they would let Russell Wilson try and play like this every single week. So I hope it is something we see for the long term. You mentioned DK Metcalf, and obviously he's somebody who we've looked at 
you know coming into the league there was a lot of talk about could he be an nfl wide receiver can he only do one thing at this point in time it doesn't really matter if he can only do one thing and run and go routes the way that this offense is using him the way russell wilson can move about in the pocket and behind the line of scrimmage he's turned into a real asset for them in terms of you know receiving touchdowns getting targets and, and turning that into yards so what's your thoughts i know you did you mentioned there a moment ago the the expectation leaderboard for this week but dk metcalf showing uh, quite high up there um and in, in this in the this current week yeah so you pull up his different stats in the nfl stat explorer and you can look at his target share over the season and it's been very solid the entire way the low point was a 13 percent share in week three against the saints so uh, he's he's been good right from the get-go and has never really had that huge rookie learning curve that we see from some players but he's built on that in the last three weeks to where his average over that time period is up to 23 percent so over 20 percent in all three games and during that time period you know we pull up the game splits app and we can see that he has averaged just a hair under 17 points a game a lot of that is touchdown fueled he would be on a 16 touchdown pace however he also is on a 1,000 yard pace over the last three games now obviously anytime you pull out a a very positive split you're going to see numbers that are more like that however i think it's very positive when you have a rookie who's developing who's seeing more volume and then we're also getting the results and like we've been talking about in an offense that is this efficient in the passing game you've got to be very excited in what you have in metcalf yeah and i I think like i I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it has been but they are really using him to all of his strengths um a couple of other players this week obviously fitting in here andy isabella basically off that that one touchdown one reception he leads the way sean so i guess we can say while we both like isabella this is likely one of those things where it's a one-off and we'll see what happens when he's getting more volume more receptions uh with that reception taken into the house for 88 yards is obviously put put that at a a very high level next up then was Tyreek Hill who I have to say over the last two weeks has been has been extremely um efficient in terms of helping out uh, Matt Moore a quarterback with some of the plays he's made some some phenomenal catches from Tyreek Hill and then up next was Kenny Galladay we mentioned Metcalf then we have Mike Evans uh I'm going to talk a little bit about the next guy in the list after this one but your thoughts there on on Hill and Galladay and Evans and just how good they have been over the last couple of weeks like mike evans has done this now quite a number of times over the season where he's been able to be at the top of the leaderboard or in and around that range we were talking in the off season about are we forgetting about mike evans that was one of our shows and we got quite a bit of feedback on twitter on that that it was a chris godwin or nothing uh, in terms of this offense but uh godwin is having a phenomenal season but mike evans has proven that you know he's he's really um you know has huge upside in terms of playing with Jameis Winston and you know high pointing balls getting touchdowns and, and doing all that I think this could arguably be the best we've seen from Mike Evans in his career so far yeah so I, I think the the kind of fun point there with him is that even though from the beginning of his career to 2018 so that's including your rookie season where you're not necessarily expected to score as many points only Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and DeAndre Hopkins had scored more points. And yet, even with that being the case, so you know that you're generating fantasy points when you're fourth behind those three guys. Even with that being the case, his three monster weeks from this season rank first, second, and fifth in terms of his highest point totals of his career. So certainly the combination of, of Winston being able and, and willing to sling it along with Bruce Arians and the general tactics that they like to employ in their passing offense has been very very good for him Tyreek Hill is an interesting one as well because I think that 
his accomplishments, even though it's just in a couple of weeks sample, have been very impressive, have been similar, although not the length of time uh, that we've seen from Michael Thomas with Teddy Bridgewater, right? Where if you have a serviceable backup, and I think that we have seen the value of this for some of the teams and contrast that with the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example, and what's happened most of the time with their offense, if you have a serviceable backup, then your your guys can still play. And sometimes those stars will take it on themselves even more and just really lead the team to some crazy victories. And one of the things that's kind of fun, you pull up Hill's splits and in the two games where Mahomes hasn't played at all, Hill is averaging 20 points a game. He's down to 15.2 in the in the Mahomes games. And so clearly you want Mahomes back. He's going to be better with Mahomes. But what he's done these last couple of weeks, I mean, he's on a 1,700-yard pace. Again, you know, in just a couple of weeks sample. But what he's done and what he's done for the team during this stretch with Mahomes out is now perhaps positioning them to still be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, and the other player that I was going to mention um, that was on that list is uh, Zach Paschal, and he's obviously somebody who we've we've I think it was maybe two weeks ago we talked about you know picking him off the waiver wire and could he do this moving forward? And he's you know had a had a really nice run here over the last couple of weeks, and obviously this week they had the injury at quarterback. Um, we'll see what shakes out with that moving forward. Brian Hoyer uh, came in, and then Zach Paschal still was able to have production. So Zach Paschal uh, over the last two weeks is it kind of similar? If you've picked him up, you're holding them moving forward, or do you think that um, this this could be you know something that when we get to next season that we're talking about him as a you know probably a wide receiver three slash four in terms of being able to be a weekly kind of player if you needed him? Do you think there is possible upside here? Do you think it's just um, until you know Helton comes back in and you know it's probably a flash in the pan I, I think there's some hope here for Pascal you know longer term we've always liked him and we've mentioned the fact that John Moore had us on him uh, even back when he was still in college and, and definitely uh, not a big name at that point I think the frustrating thing with Pascal and the frustrating thing with so many of the players in the in the Colts offense is just that it, it's difficult to count on them right so he's had two games previous to this where he blew up in each game, then he was down around the three-point level in the subsequent week. And, you know, you want to have volume that is consistent that gives you at least a little bit of a floor. Now, the Hilton injury certainly changed the scenario, and especially, again, with a couple of those guys who were on the buys, then, you know, you probably did have him in deep lineups this week, so probably did benefit from that. I think it would perhaps be a different question if Campbell hadn't had the hand injury because those underneath targets are going to be a lot easier to scheme for and to create than some of the deeper plays that Pascal had, especially if you're dealing with some uh, difficulty at quarterback, some uncertainty there. Uh, however, you know, the, the receivers are dropping like flies with the Colts to the point where I, I really like him the rest of the season. I think he deserves a chance to be a starter for them going forward, but certainly with Hilton, if he can continue for any more stretch of time, and then with some of the young guys with Paris Campbell there, uh, you would expect him to be squeezed out in an offense that spreads the ball around a little bit more than I would like. Obviously, you've got the two tight ends involved. Looking at the the running back splits for this past week, they had Marlon Mack very heavily involved as a runner, but not as a receiver. So the Colts are doing some things offensively. To where week to week they can be frustrating and then the specific ways that they're divvying up their touches to their guys don't always seem optimized for either reality scoring or fantasy scoring. It is good. 
So, Sean, as we get into the fourth quarter here, um, we obviously have a topic that we're going to hit on, which I'm looking quite forward to in terms of best ball win rates and how at this stage of the season that running back dead zone versus the running back sweet spot is working out. We did a lot of talking about this in the off season. Before we jump into that, uh, breaking news coming across here again. We had this, I think, two weeks ago or last week when we had the news of Andy Dalton and uh, the switch there at his position. Unfortunately, we have talked about it a couple of times in the show, Sean, and that is uh, Gardner Minshew and would he keep that starting job and Unfortunately, uh, the news has just broken uh, as we're recording this that Nick Foles will be back under centre uh, when the gar- when the, the Jaguars take to the field uh, the next time around. I, I really thought he deserved a shot at it, but you can see with the offseason, uh, you know, the, the money that's behind Foles and what he's done over the last couple of seasons when he's got the chance, it makes sense. But with that news, do you think that's better for uh, guys like DJ Shark, like uh, D.D. Westbrook, who missed this past week? What, what's your thoughts moving forward here for the Jaguars with the quarterback change? Is it probably pretty much the same moving forward Nick Foles might be a little bit more of a downfield passer than Minshew I think it'll be similar because we certainly have seen Foles uh, light it up in favorable offenses I don't know that we can completely go to that point yet with the Jaguars they certainly have some very exciting young receivers I traded uh, Nikhil Harry who is one of my favorite guys have him on almost all the Debbie leagues and, and certainly in a lot of dynasty formats uh, for Chark in a league last week so you know that's certainly suggesting that I, I think that he is for real and that offense is for real this is disappointing however because the Jaguars really do appear to be emerging at least on offense and uh, taking a step back in the direction of a high-end backup i think is not necessarily the direction that they should go as a franchise it's one of those situations where they certainly had no idea that they were going to be so lucky in terms of hitting on this late round quarterback and you know the money they spent as you pointed out makes it very difficult to stay away from fools and certainly just sort of the promise that you have to that free agent when you're recruiting him and, and telling him okay this is going to be your opportunity it's difficult for people to go back on those promises unless it's just so completely clear-cut obviously the jaguars did not have the game they wanted this weekend and timing can be everything in terms of of how these different uh, plays work out we all know situations where even though you know we're so familiar with the idea that you know one week doesn't tell the whole story and the best players continue to rise to the top and just have some patience we all are familiar with situations where we made a very poor start to sit decision for our fantasy lineups with low stakes uh, comparatively speaking because of what happened in the previous week you certainly hope that that's not exactly what the jaguars are doing here but i think it is disappointing for fans and is disappointing for the long-term trajectory of this offense full has has been very good with you know in in limited starts with the chiefs he obviously did some big things with the philadelphia eagles both of those situations are very, very favorable for the quarterback in terms of the playmakers involved, in terms of the scheme, in terms of the offensive play calling. Uh, can he do the same things without all of that support cast? Uh, you know, hopefully he can because he seems like one of the coolest guys in the NFL. But for the Jaguars, this certainly I think is a, is a disappointing call to make at this point in the season yeah i feel that way too and i like you mentioned like nick Foles is somebody who i've rooted for over the years and uh obviously uh, i was disappointed when he got hurt but then with Minshew coming in so you mentioned Foles being one of the coolest guys in the nfl uh probably the second coolest guy in the nfl behind gardner Minshew, <laughs> but now he's the starting quarterback ahead of Minshew. so uh it should, it should be interesting to see how it goes and 
know we mightn't be surprised to see that flip flop before the season ends here uh, just when we're on kind of trades and again you mentioned there about a trade that you did uh shout out to uh curtis patrick obviously of the the trade or the dynasty command center uh, and his podcast a great a great tweet thread uh, during the week talking about you know deciding if your team is a, a win now team or a team that is no longer competitive uh, really good tread that he had so i do urge you to go and check that out it was kind of late last week when when that was up there and uh, well worth a read but sean as we look into the part that i teased a moment ago the the, the dead zone versus the sweet spot in terms of running backs obviously a, a very interesting piece and i know it came out last week but i thought it was well worth highlighting here for the listeners so i guess i'll let you have the floor um as we go through here obviously this was pre week nine but when we look um you know moving from behind and then moving forward what what has it looked like what's uh what's has been the most successful way to, to go after after nine weeks yeah so it's always a little bit tricky uh, mike beers has this fantastic best ball win rates tool on the site you can go through and you can see how the scoring for each player has affected their win rate uh throughout the season that gets updated in the middle of the week so it comes out after we record and so to have the updated numbers for us on the site we always have to be a little bit in a, a trailing position here but certainly we can talk about the position in general update for a few of the results from this last week and mike himself was the one who sort of prompted this with a statement in the slack channel discussing these late round running backs and the fact that they have been disappointing this season and his prompt said you know these later round running backs that have people super disappointed because so far most of them have done nothing are all still hanging around an average win rate in spite of their poor production they have several weeks left to hit and if they do the impact will be meaningful it's a good illustration of the asymmetric risk in these best ball bets the only really high impact pick you may have missed out in this 140 to 280 p range is darren waller who has a very nice 18 percent win rate so not likely to drop a little bit with his results this past week however what i wanted to look at a number of the guys on the site are going to write about this and they're also discussing it all the time in our patreon slack channel uh, definitely get in there and hang out discuss that with them but what are we looking at in terms of the elite running backs then those running back dead zone guys talking about the third round third and fourth round running backs who have done so poorly over the last four years and then our running back sweet spot players many of whom are zero running back candidates so 2019 has been an interesting season and one of the reasons why you do want to use that one early running back pick in the first round if you're going to not use a zero running back construction is because that is where we tend to get these very outsized scores now as you mentioned earlier because christian mccaffrey's numbers have been so staggering it has really eviscerated the win rates for just about everybody else <laughs> in the first round and and that's one of the things that we see with this first round running back pick right is that the risk reward scenario uh is is very stark in that you know you have this incredible upside but if you don't hit on it you're you're going to lose and so you know we see the injuries with barkley blair talks about barkley quite a bit in his article talking about how this was his second straight week where he did the ep double double right uh 10 plus expected points as a runner 10 plus expected points as a receiver but those following along owning Barkley know that he has underperformed his volume in some crucial stretches at some crucial times this year. So not putting up the huge numbers, even when he has that workload that we want, 
certainly Kamara also the injury issues David Johnson the injury issues Le'Veon Bell one of the very lowest win rates that we've seen because even though he has uh, still a lot of the workload although it's fallen off quite a bit the efficiency has been terrible there then you move into the second round and you've got guys like Todd Gurley and Joe Mixon and Melvin Gordon and we know the story for them so those early rounds have not been as favorable outside of Christian McCaffrey but again you know if you have a chance at that you know complete and total league destroyer then you're going to take that in many situations yeah and i guess when we're on that situation you're looking through some of the guys who could potentially be ready to to break out here um somebody who i had looked at over the last kind of two weeks heading into this past week that i thought the situation was really changing in their favor was devin singletary and he obviously had a huge game this week with 23 uh fantasy points you know in ppr formats but it looks like at this point that frank gore although he you know is kind of going moving up the russian charts in terms of overall rush attempts in his career over the last couple of weeks we aren't really seeing anything from him in terms of an actual nfl player and at the moment like this past week i think he got stuffed on short yardage on four occasions uh devin singletary looks much more explosive much better in the receiving game much better in the running game i think it's a case here where do you expect devin singletary rest of the way just to be the the lead here he's he's had the majority of snaps over the last couple of weeks i think that the the bills need to do the right thing here and, and put singletary as the the lead back and 100 percent role moving forward yeah and, he, and this was his first game with 20 plus touches and he took those and did the same things that he's been doing with them throughout the course of the season right he currently ranks number two in yards per carry number three in fantasy points uh, over expectation per game uh, and so to see him have this game with the 23 touches and to or 24 touches and respond with 23 fantasy points again outperform his volume uh very very encouraging i don't know that he's going to have a ton of games with more touches than that but certainly in games where the bills don't have uh this extreme workload for the running backs you know where they where they have 35 total opportunities to the running back position you would certainly expect singletary to get most of those he's an example of a late round running back who could really break out from a win rate perspective we also saw this past week that Jalen Samuels was number two overall in expected points now he did not outperform that volume like Singletary did but another guy where you know we're going to see those win rates jump one of the things that has been interesting about that dead zone is that we have had perhaps fewer injuries and more consistent performance from players in the dead zone than than perhaps even in the top three to four rounds but one of the things that mike was pointing out and you definitely see it when you go in and you look at the actual numbers is that almost all of those guys are still trailing an average win rate part of that is that if you're not stacked in there with christian mccaffrey it's going to be overcome be difficult to overcome no matter what you do but the other thing is still is that you do need to have that wide receiver scoring in those rounds if you go and you pull up the different uh, flex eligible player leaderboards you're going to find that receivers have a slight edge in that top 20 and so being able to put those points in with one of the guys that's going to hit so with a McCaffrey or with a Dalvin Cook for example and then you need to have some of these guys from our sweet zone and from the from the sweet spot area and those guys again not 
the huge numbers that we would expect or hope. But Austin Eckler went into the week tied with McCaffrey, not going to be quite at that level going forward. But also Latavius Murray, another runner in that area that we target, who has a win rate above 10%, and also Miles Sanders joining that group. So even with the slight differences that you're seeing in scoring, you're still seeing win rates from those players that either match or exceed the dead zone. And this kind of then goes back to Mike's point about what the expectations are going forward, where those dead zone running backs are going to need to continue to perform the way they have performed in order just to tread water, whereas some of these later picks could really emerge. Now, having said that, some of those guys may do that very thing. We saw a very big game from Derrick Henry, even uh, with sort of limited first half touches this last week for the Titans. So it's not to say that that couldn't happen, that we couldn't have some very good results from those dead zone running backs. I suppose when we're talking about dead zone running backs, a guy, a guy used to be in the first round in every single year, first overall pick a lot of time. I just want to give a shout out to Adrian Peterson. I had on Frank Gore there. He, he was on the opposite side of this this week, but Adrian Peterson had a terrible start to the season, but uh, over the last four weeks, he's uh, totaled over a hundred uh, scrimmage yards in three of those four games and hit 81 rushing yards in the, the other game out to that. So uh, Adrian Peterson has a, a bit of life left in the legs yet. That's something that really has surprised me this season. And, Somebody who I used to think there was a lot of life left in his legs either, even though he's quite a bit younger than Adrian Peterson, was Carlos Hyde of the, the Houston Texans. Now, he's traveled around a couple of teams over the last few seasons. I was a fan of him coming out of college, and he was actually circling this all back. He was behind Frank Gore with the 49ers, um, and, and I thought there was a chance there for him to supplant Frank Gore, but obviously that didn't happen. But uh, with Hyde now, um, over the last couple of weeks, he has recorded 19 or more uh, carries in four of the last five games. And so, uh, What's your thoughts on Carlos Hyde? Is he somebody that we might uh, be, realistically, he's not somebody who I've thought about much this season, but... Yeah, so he's up to running about 10 in terms of carries. Uh, his efficiency had been down for a couple of weeks, but uh, in this one, I mean, the Texans just completely and totally dominated this game. So he bounced back with 16 points, which is his second best game of the year. The interesting and frustrating thing about the Texans is regardless of what else happens, they do want to get their running backs involved. And certainly this was the game for them to do that. I think the area that fantasy owners are so excited about, though, is that Duke Johnson is finally getting involved at the times of the game that are the most important, the high leverage plays. And even though he was out carried 19 to seven by Hyde, he finished with the more valuable workload in terms of expected points. He had 12.3 and he turned that into a season high 19 points. And he actually outtouched Hyde 10 to nine in the first half, you know, where the game is so often tend to be won or lost. And so the thing here that is both encouraging and yet tricky is that Hyde is looking very good but Johnson appears to be really carving into the workload in some key ways. So is this an offense that can sustain both of them at a clear-cut starting level going forward? I have Hyde uh, in some places where I had sort of uh, traded for him during that time period when he was on the Chiefs. And so then it's this weekly question of, you know, is he the 11th, 12th, 13th best player on the roster? You know, how many guys would have to be out before you would feel comfortable starting him? But certainly his volume is at the point where uh, as injuries happen, we have a, a six-team bye week this week. Hide it a pretty clear-cut start not necessarily in this league because he's one of those teams on the bye but when they come back out of that i think that hyde is sort of that flex player and duke johnson really perhaps moving into the running back two category 
So Colm, as we go into overtime here, we're just going to get a quick, uh, almost yes or no answer for you on one of the backfields that I focus on every week, the one that I want to see what happens with. And this week, that is the Denver Broncos, uh, two of my favorite players cannibalizing each other for fantasy points in Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Wish they could just be this one super player. Uh, we had a game here where Freeman perhaps has a little bit of the shoulder injury, only six touches, and very clearly outplayed by Philip Lindsay, who had his most explosive game of the season with 11 fantasy points over expectation. Looking at these Denver Broncos runners, what are you taking from this? Is Lindsay ready to explode down the stretch in this offense that has a lot of other questions? I think if you had these two guys if they could just be on two different rosters would be fantastic because like you mentioned uh love watching both of them play and i actually think that freeman has looked really good this season and Lindsay has continued to probably not as explosive as he was last year but has looked really good i thought and the the opportunities he's had i think it's gonna be a split backfield um the rest of the way um if one of them happened to go down with an injury i think the other one could be a, a top 12 running back you know for that remainder of the season in terms of those games unfortunately they're probably both in that kind of rb2 tier now at the moment because they're as you mentioned they're kind of cannibalizing each other but that's how i kind of feel on that backfield very similar to yourself sean i guess the, the other player just more in overtime to, to shout out is uh the situation down there with the buccaneers so we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the opportunity to break out uh, in the backfield for ronald jones and it looks like with the the news that he's going to be the, the starter moving forward the chances are there so i'm sure that was news that that you enjoyed this week sean Ronald Jones is is in almost all the lineups every week and so the idea that that would actually result in points very very exciting he had the the strong game this week in part because of finally getting that touchdown hopefully he won't be vultured too many times uh, by Peyton Barber down the stretch uh, with defenses having to address this passing game you know hopefully they'll they'll open up some holes he looks explosive during the game then you go and look after the fact and you're like well that's that's still not that impressive from a yards per carry perspective but i think the long runs are coming you know we we saw from Lindsay this week how a couple of those breakout plays can can really give you the points and certainly he's now positioned to have the touches uh, to be a volume based play whereas before it was you know sort of a fluke based or a touchdown based play so the fact that, that jones is going to be the guy in an offense that is exciting i think this is exactly what we've been looking for and we'll see what we can do with it you know a couple of games where uh, he looks more like he did as a rookie and this can swing back through the direction in a hurry but i think there's reason to be very optimistic fantastic college player fantastic athlete looks good on the field uh, you know this should be the start of something in tampa bay yeah hopefully and uh, like we mentioned in the offseason stashed him on a couple of lower value trades um this offseason so hopefully it does kick us into high gear but that's going to do it for this week's edition of road of his overtime as always my name is colin kelly you can follow us on twitter at overtime Ireland. my co-host is sean siegel more great stuff coming from sean as the rest of the week uh, comes forward this show being recorded on tuesday evening so do stay tuned to the road of his site as always make sure you're part of the patreon uh, crew over there and uh, make sure you subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast apps so until we're back with next week's show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on your favorite podcast app. Contact us by email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio podcast homepage, which is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.